Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this wonderful episode of Let's Talk Common Sense with me, Mike Omni. I'm so pumped to be back with you. And obviously, I just have to say thank you again for listening, for tuning in, for trusting us with 30 minutes of your time. Um, I am super excited because, as you know, it is the week of the general election. Oh, I don't know about you, but I just feel so tired. This has been the most vicious, fraught, contested general elections of our time. Of course, a big topic on everyone's lips is Brexit. And uh, uh, Boris Johnson has tried really, really hard to make this about Brexit. This is the Brexit election, as he calls it. But at the same time, you have Jeremy Corbyn, who's tried really hard to steer us away from Brexit and to talk about all the bigger issues this country has to deal with and our crumbling infrastructure and public services that are on the brink, so on and so forth. So so because you've got two different sides with two different ideas, we've really gone through the mill here. And I think most people are just tired now and just want to vote and get it done but before you give up and you're done with it all i just thought it would be good if these if if in this episode of let's talk common sense with my company we with my company got a chance to go through the manifestos and essentially what each party is promising and also and also to give you some idea as to how to vote where you should vote um and what you should be careful about with voting of course this podcast is brought to you by the common sense network which is a which is an online news network you think I have this memorized by now. It's an online news network that creates spaces for online and offline spaces. Oh my gosh, this I'm butchering this. Let's start again. It is a bipartisan news network which creates online and offline spaces for people to come together and to just inter- interact with their ideological opposites. That is what we do. I'm so sorry, folks. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, my name is Mike and I'm the editor-in-chief. And today I have no guests. <gasps> I know, it sounds crazy. But, but, in a way, it, it, it actually makes life a bit easier because I can focus on being forensic and taking you through the top stories, but also the jargon buster. And of course, all the different manifestos and what to be aware of as you take a look at them. Now, before we uh, crack on, you can actually join me. You can be my co-host if you like by using the hashtag LTCS, which is Let's Talk Common Sense. You can tell me what you think of my performance online, but also what you think about the manifestos, what we are saying here on the network, and yeah, just in- interact, engage, you know, tell us what you think. I'm going to have a drink of my tea. That's because I am running out of saliva very quickly. But I am now back. Now, let's start then with some of the top stories. Russia has been banned from all global sports, including the 2020 Olympics and the 2022 World Cup Finals. Uh, This is interesting. Well, it doesn't come as a shock to us because Russia's had a long sustained history of breaking the rules. This time, the World Anti-Doping Agency uh, imposed this four-year ban on Russia from all global sport. because, guess what? Moscow apparently has been tampering with laboratory data. Uh, the agency, the WADA, uh, found Russia planted fake evidence, right, and deleted files linked to positive doping tests that could have helped them uh, find uh, drug cheats. Russia, of course, has 21 days to appeal the decision, um, but it's 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 crazy this because it is a big big decision by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Many are shocked by it. I am not. I think it's about time Russia paid for their crimes <laughs> the issue is though i always feel sorry for 
earnest athletes that are trying to make a living who now are going to be affected by this. Um, Saudi Arabia has ended. This is crazy. When I heard this, I thought, really? Is this a thing there? But Saudi Arabia is so interesting. And I, and I was talking to a friend over the uh, over the week about this. Obviously, as you know, Anthony Joshua's fight was there. If you've been living under a rock, Anthony Joshua won, although I don't think uh, he boxed very well. Folks, well, let me, let me take that back. I think, and this is what I think, honestly, about that fight. You know... Of course, Anthony Joshua won on points. The, the, the fight went the distance and people are saying, you know, he's amazing and, and he should have boxed in Masterclass. The only reason I give Anthony Joshua a, a bit of slate is because a few years before, he, when speaking about Tyson Fury's fight, said he didn't respect Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury didn't slay the dragon. In, 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 in different words You know he says that you have to take someone's head off That's what makes you a champion Which is really interesting because fast forward uh, You know a couple of months or so Now you got Joshua he does exactly the same thing And expects people to respect him Give me a break Anyways in Saudi Arabia <laughs> Gender you'll be, you'll be pleased to hear this Gender separation in restaurants Has come to an end Saudi Arabia will no longer Require restaurants to have Separate entrances Segregated by sex <laughs> Previously Just in case you're wondering It was mandatory to have one entrance For females and women And another for men on their own this is just crazy. Uh, the restrictions have have been quietly quietly erased, right? And many restaurants are now allowed to allowed to, to to serve and interact with customers in this way. It's so weird, isn't it? The fact that in 2019 we are talking about women being allowed to go through the door or being <laughs> unaccompanied. It's quite interesting actually because over the last few years. We've seen a kind of wave of different reforms in Saudi Arabia to make it more equitable. For instance, um, women now can travel without permission from their guardians. <laughs> Which I always laugh at when I talk to people about it. It's just crazy. But it, but women can travel and they don't need permission from their guardians, which I guess must be fun for some women. I think women can drive. You'd have seen that a couple of years ago. Um, now, in a time where they couldn't before, it's just all a bit odd to me. But there you go. Now, folks, <laughs> the big news of the week is obviously, like I said, there is a general election on. I will actually be working with the BBC covering the election this week. Now, in terms of where I'll be, I'll either be on BBC One or I'll be on BBC uh, Leeds. Um, I don't know yet. I'm still kind of deciding. But essentially, you can catch me talking about the election on the very day it happens there. One thing you can also do is you can go to tcsnetwork.co.uk where our different journalists have actually been writing about the elections, breaking down the manifestos for you. Uh, what do the manifestos mean for millennials? What does it mean for black people, for women? You know, really helping people understand how to make sense of the manifestos because unfortunately the manifestos are actually really chunky. Um, so I'm going to go through some of them now to give you some thoughts on them. Now, of course, let's start probably by defining the term manifesto manifesto because it's a term that's been used um uh, the, the brexit party says that it's not useful anymore and people just go back and forth on it but what is a what is a manifesto well quite simply i mean the best way to think about it is the manifesto is just it's a published declaration of intentions um and views or motives that a certain party uh group uh or individual has about how the world should be organized that is what it is that that, that is all a manifesto is it is essentially a public declaration of policy and aims right especially typically we see it issued before uh, an election or by a political candidate or, or or just before kind of 
action is taken so to speak now some notable manifestos to think about might be uh, the humanist manifesto uh, the cannibal manifesto is in 1928 uh the human the humanist manifesto was in 1933 there thereabouts um the oxford manifesto uh, the black manifesto in 1969 that was by um the black economic development council uh, which had james frontman in it um you've got the green book <laughs> in 1975 that was by muhammad gaddafi these are all different manifestos that, that kind of made clear the the ideas that said party or said individual had now of course the brexit party say the manifesto that, that word's done and they don't use that word anymore instead they now use the word contract so this is the contract they have with the british people uh i'm just gonna go through some of the top points in each party's manifesto these are the top four parties of course now the brexit party you may know is led by nigel farage who used to lead ukip he set up the brexit party because ukip essentially because it was a one issue party really had no purpose after the after the brexit referendum was won by leavers but in this brexit party's contract so they call it a contract of the people they want a political revolution <sighs> right and in this political revolution they want to reform the voting system to make it more representative which is sens sensible however as you know we had an av referendum alternative voting referendum a couple of years ago and people rejected it so i don't know why they want that but there you go they want to abolish the house of lords this is always quite interesting to me because obviously i have friends i have mentors in the house of lords but there you go <laughs> it is weird though that you get this 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 amount of power um and you have an opaque system that no one really knows what, what, what's happening behind the scenes so you know i, I get that um they want to overhaul postal voting because of fraud and abuse. They want to reform the Supreme Court. Um, they want to phase out the BBC license fee. <laughs> it's it's actually it's 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 pretty crazy but but those are their top uh uh uh, uh policies as it pertains to kind of starting a, a revolution they also want to abolish inherit inheritance tax they want to uh obviously have us free from eu rules on state aid so we can invest in strategic industries and create thousands of jobs they say uh, they want to cut vat on domestic fuel to reduce energy bills uh they want to um they, they, they want to make exempt from corporation tax one million companies, which, I, 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 you know, it's, it, it's, it's red meat for those who are business owners and stuff like that. Um, but, but I think what sums up their, their goal. Now, obviously, let's, let's not be around the bush. The Brexit party are not going to form the next government. We all know that. They, they just don't have it. I mean, Poland says now they're at 2%, 2 to 3%. Of course, Nigel Farage disagrees. He says he thinks they're at 15%, even though YouGov says 2%. If they're at 2%, they are forecasted not to get any seats whatsoever. So these guys are not going to form the government. So when you read their manifesto, you have to read it with that mindset of, well, this is just what you get from that guy who knows he's not going to win in the school um, president election and then just kind of says, oh, guys, we're going to have a, we're going to build a spaceship and go to the moon. Well, that's love. Lovely, Jack, but you know, you're, we're not gonna, you're, not, you, you're never going to win, Jack, okay? We get it. So that's why you're saying what you're saying. So that sums up the Brexit Party's manifesto. Of course, some sensible things there, some interesting things there. Issue is, they are not going to win the next election. So you have to kind of uh, uh, temper all their views with that. Now, Boris Johnson, as you know, when I say that name, straight away, you're thinking, Brexit, <laughs> get Brexit done. I'll tell you what was funny, actually. A couple of days ago, I found myself, or yesterday, rather, I found myself walking around in my house in the kitchen right and i just started whispering get brexit done and i thought what hold on 
what happened? Literally, I was like, get Brexit done. And that's when I realized this guy and his potent political messaging has managed to find a way into my subconscious. Now, <laughs> such that now I actually hear him. It's ridiculous. But anyways, let's go to their manifesto. Here's the Conservative Plan Manifesto. A couple of things they want to do. They want extra funding for the NHS with 50,000 more nurses. This is obviously an issue because the Conservatives over the past 10 years are responsible for cutting nurses. So something like only 27,000 nurses will actually be new. They want 20,000 more police officers and tougher sentencing on criminals. Of course, only thing to be aware of is the fact that we have less police officers is as a result of the conservative cuts in the first place. They want an Australian-style-based point system on immigration. That's very, very similar to what UKIP were promising in the last election and also what Nigel Farage has been banging on about for, the, for a couple of years now. Uh, they want to invest millions into, into, uh, into schools, especially science and, and apprenticeships and infrastructure projects. Uh, they want to... Uh, they want to... It's, well, I'll just read it out. Reaching net zero, uh, this is emissions, by 2050 with investment in clean energy um, and green infrastructure to reduce carbon emissions. And they also say they will not rate uh, raise rather the in the rate of income tax, VAT, or national insurance, are promising more money in the pockets of ordinary people, so to speak. Now, what's interesting about their page is they they then... <laughs> They then just just so just in case you forgot what it was about after reading all these different bullet points on what their policies are, it then says if Jeremy Corbyn or Nicola Surgeon team up to take control on the 13th of December, we will have two referendums on Brexit and Scotland. <laughs> and I think for me, that's what makes the conservative position so galvanizing is that it's either you have one vote which. Sorry, it's either you vote conservatives, which is one decision you have to make and which will guarantee, quote unquote, Brexit is done. Or you have this uncertainty of a referendum on Scotland again and another referendum on Brexit again. And it just feels as though it's, it's, it's almost voting for more work or less work. And, and that's what's been the strength, if you like, of Jeremy Corbyn's campaign. But there you go. Th th those are the top promises he makes and, and the guarantee he gives us. Now, let's move on to Joe Swinson, who was very interesting. The Liberal Democrats initially were uh, branded as uh, the party all about freedom and, and Europe and and uh, and the government that's that's kind of connected internationally internationally to all the other um, kind of structures that be and now in an attempt I, I get I, I guess to get away from um, the, obviously the tarnished image because of their failed promise uh, as it pertains to, um, to, to to student finance now Joe Swinson has kind of mounted this this kind of cult like thing where it's all about Joel Swinson and, and her and I'm with her and she's great kind of reminiscent or reticent of, uh, of, um, of, of Hillary Clinton's campaign in the last presidential election but here are their promises here's Joel Swinson's plan for the future which is literally what it says again they've opted not to use the word manifesto because of all the negative PR around that word now Joel Swinson says she wants to stop Brexit which is very bold. She says she wants to stop Brexit and invest 50 billion <laughs> into the public services and tackling inequality. While, why they are linked is a bit confusing, but there you go. 
They have a plan to tackle the climate energy. They want to tackle the climate energy by generating 80% of our electricity from renewables by 2030. Um, Joe wants to build a fairy economy. Uh, she wants to do it by providing free childcare for nine months and giving every adult £10,000 to spend on skill tra- skills training throughout their whole life. Uh, she wants to give every child a, a, a start in life. I'll tell you what, that, that, that kind of freedom dividend, if you like, is, just, is the thing lots of researchers have been talking about, this idea of giving people money, direct money, just to kind of make their lives better. It's something that Andrew Yang, who was running in the presidential election has been talking about as well this notion of handing people one thousand pound a month for them to just use to make their lives better very very interesting now she also wants to give every child a best start or the best start in life um, by recruiting twenty thousand more teachers as part of a extra 10 billion pound a year for schools and of course she wants to transform our mental health services by um, treating mental health and uh, with the same urgency as physical health hard to measure how she'll do that but but there you go um now of course last but not least is labor and labor's manifesto page is a bit more cryptic it's hard to kind of define whereas all the other parties have a list of things they want to do on labor's page there's a lot of different things i mean we know they want to rebuild our public services uh, by investing much more into it they speak here about tackling poverty and inequality there's a sense in which uh, you get us you, you, you kind of fight you, you kind of can suss out that that is one of their biggest priorities because they've got, uh, uh, you know, they want to tackle poverty in the work. Um, they want to, I mean, they want to give full rights uh, to, 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 to employees on the first day of their job. Um, they want to, increase wages through through sector through sectorial collective uh, bargaining uh, they want to make sure there's i mean there's literally so i'm struggling to go through this because i highlighted some of the key policies but as i'm reading them i'm thinking there's so many more to talk about you know <laughs> but um i mean if you go on labor's page and read their manifesto there are so many promises they want to ban zero hour contracts and strengthen the law so that people who work regular hours for more than 12 weeks have the same right as kind of contract workers and stuff like that um they want to introduce statutory bereavement and and what's quite interesting about all these promises are they're all on a level playing field there isn't any bold big here at the four we we are into there are just a long list of different things they want to do So, so 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 i mean that's just in work let's take a look at you know the final say on Brexit, which is which is probably the most contentious thing Labour wants to do. Um, they want to have they they, they want to have another referendum, and this referendum will, will give you the choice of remaining in the EU or leaving with a sensible deal. And now that's a dig at the current deal we have, which Labour just don't think is sensible whatsoever. So you'd get another vote, right? And and Jeremy Corbyn would campaign on this neutrally he would just campaign i guess to get you to, to, to vote but, but that's pretty much it he doesn't want to say where he is at on this now they brand their movement real change because like i said it, it, it is a lot of different promises i think one thing i can see very clearly from all the different manifestos is every single party bar labor seems to have got the the message that it is a brexit election or at least that's what they think uh, labor seems to have hedged their bets on it not being simply a or solely a brexit election but an election about investing into the future and so have mounted this massive and radical manifesto which has 
all sorts of promises in them. Some of them I think are deliverable. Some of them I think are just, again, red meat to, to an audience that wants them. But ultimately, I think the choice during this election is about what you want for the next 10 years. If you are if you are indeed satisfied with how fiscally responsible the Conservatives say we've become and, and how, how much we've kind of been able to save and plan for the future and have a sustainable, great. If you think actually the last 10 years of austerity have, have actually hurt public services and hurt people a lot and it's time to start spending again, then perhaps it's labor that, that, that you've got to think about. All these different parties seem to, one, be saying the same thing as it pertains to spending and, and investing in public services. And the big difference between them seems to be Brexit, most, no, most notably how Brexit will be resolved, how this Brexit issue will come to an end. And you know what you have to vote that's one thing i i, I mean of course if you haven't registered it's too late of course but it, but but if you have make sure you vote because because it really does matter there is now a six percent difference between this is what all polling suggests between the conservatives and the labor party which means with some tactical voting and people voting in specific areas and some people not even showing up to vote it's anybody's election of course i i happen to think just looking at the polls that uh, Boris Johnson will most likely pull off a victory and the Conservative Party will have a majority government, I think. Um, but but it is really anyone's game. I remember last election seeing um, Ed Balls lose his seat. I could not believe it. Of course, the polling suggests they might happen. In fact, the polling suggests that Joe Swinson might lose his seat. But hey, who knows? It's an election. Every vote matters. And I would encourage you to, of course, vote. How did I do? Did I do okay? Let me know. Uh, message me. My socials are at Mike Omni CS, but equally, uh, you can just hashtag LTCS and I'll love to have a conversation with you after. How are you finding these episodes? Are they, are they helpful for you? Now, from next week, we will, of course, have a guest and, and we can go back and forth. But um, some announcements for you for those who are listening to us. Of course, as I said, this podcast is brought to you by the Common Sense Network. We recently just completed our North 30 list. The event was wonderful. The pictures, folks, come out later today. So if you haven't, well, I don't know if this podcast will be out yet, but if, you, if you're listening to this now, head over to, to the Commons Network and of course, uh, take a look at the pictures, like them, share them, really get a, a view, if you like, of, or sense of the kind of fun we had. <laughs> but also, if you're not a member of the Commons Network, please join us. Start by just subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with your friends. I love the fact that the Spotify rap thing came out recently. And what was amazing about it is it was amazing to see people who listened to us because some people tagged me and, and, and we were their top listened to podcast, which is just amazing. Well, folks, we still need your help. We, we want to start a common sense revolution. So if you're listening to this now, kindly share it on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your Facebook, on your Snapchat. Share it. Let, us, let people know that you're sensible. You're someone who takes... Uh, 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 polarization seriously and we would love to hear from you so yeah speak soon bye bye